0: Diddy, it,
1: <laughs> it's oh, as we tease ahead as they say in the radio business even though this is a podcast i will be going also through a checklist of four guaranteed stone cold lead pipe lock great movies that you can see over the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday you know how some people can always pick the the right bottle of wine I can't I love wine but I don't know one thing from the other trying to get good at it but I can't but I always go to good movies I never go to bad movies I always know how to pick a good movie and I will have four recommendations coming up Uh, what number is this not two not three not four not five not six it's the JT and Looney podcast, episode 23. We break down the NFL at the midway point. We shake it and bake it, sauce it and toss it, slice it and dice it.
0: Let's begin by me apologizing for getting something wrong, which I typically don't do on radio. I apologize to my wife five times a day. I apologize right. to, you know in my personal life all the time. Uh, I am a Baker Mayfield apologist. Uh, Maybe it has something to do with my son going to Oklahoma now. Uh, All Baker Mayfield did is win the Heisman Trophy and break the all time rookie touchdown record, something that Johnny Unitas, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Joe Montana. Oh, I know nothing. Tom Brady Mm -hmm. couldn't do. And he was able to do that. Now he's in a slump. But the slump is so bad that he is regressing. Uh, The team is splintering around him. He shaved three times. At a stadium last week, walking in with the beard, shaving it into a Fu Manchu before the game, and then shaving the Fu Manchu to a regular mustache before he met the media. What's your theory on that? Do you think he was just trying to deflect us because he's so bad? No, he has a problem. He has a problem, an addiction, and I like the guy. So if this gets out, Mm -hmm. I want to clarify this. He has an addiction to his phone like most guys and gals in their 20s. He's addicted to social media. He's addicted to Instagram and Facebook and obviously Twitter, and he believes he's got to keep up with it. He's got to do unique things and different things. So that's what that's about. I'm surprised when we did our preseason show for the NFL, we call it our Super Bowl preview because we picked the winners of the Super Bowl. I had the Browns winning the AFC North because (laughs) – I knew the Steelers wouldn't be good because they lost Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. That wasn't hard. I did not think the Bengals would be competitive. Nailed that one. But I didn't think the Ravens would be great with Lamar Jackson. I think they'd have hot and cold games. They'd bounce back. Lamar bleeping Jackson is the runner-up at the midway point behind Russell Wilson for the MVP. And Baltimore, after beating the Patriots on Sunday night football, are clearly now a Super Bowl contender. Not a playoff contender, a Super Bowl contender.
1: Yeah, and if it wasn't for an ex-Patriot fumbling a punt, who knows what the final score of that game would have been because for a couple of moments we thought, oh, here come the Patriots. But no, Not at all. That defense is getting better of the Ravens week in and week out. Lamar Jackson, you know, I love my running quarterbacks. You know, um, Baker Mayfield, it could be a bust, and so could Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and Josh Allen's not very good. Josh Rosen, is he a bust? It could be argued, yes. Could be argued Sam Darnold's a bust at this juncture and could be argued uh, that Baker Mayfield is. But so all those guys chosen ahead of Lamar Jackson, it's because people can't wrap their head around You know, a guy who can run who can pass in college and win the Heisman Trophy, like Tebow, like Baker Mayfield, like Johnny Football and others, a Cam Newton can really make it uh, in the NFL. And they designed an entire offense around him. And it also goes to show you who drafts you is so important. If Baker Mayfield was drafted by a different team, when you're drafted by the Browns. Your career is toast <laughs> if you're drafted by the Ravens, who might have the best coach in the NFL. We're always busy saying that uh, Bill Belichick is, but John Harbaugh very well could be. They win ten games every year, no matter who their quarterback is. Yeah, uh, let me I, let it, me interrupt it, yeah. for a
0: second on Baker Mayfield sure.
1: because this is important,
0: and one of the reasons why I'm I'm defending him so much is okay. not only not only do I not think he's going to be a bust, I think he could be great. And again, I looked at the numbers and I broke the numbers down with Mayfield with three quarterbacks, Brett Favre, Troy Aikman, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, with Troy Aikman, who started off, remember, 1-15, oh, Aikman, yeah, yeah. went, Aikman went to the Hall of Fame, and he was never a big stat guy, right? He managed right. the game, and he made great throws, and he was brilliant. Third down, who was better than Aikman in those years, making passes after Emmett Smith ran the ball? And Baker Mayfield's numbers are better. Then it comes to Brett Favre, who was drafted by Atlanta and traded to Green Bay. And then he was a backup. Yeah. And, then, and take a look at the interceptions that Brett Favre threw in his third season, not his second. So let's get Brett Favre out of the way. And then finally, my biggest argument comes with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers sat at the draft and plummeted. Remember that he was the last guy sitting there at the table and the, mm-hmm. how uncomfortable he was. Then he went to Green Bay and didn't play for years. He couldn't even get on the practice field. Brett Favre wouldn't talk to him. Brett Favre got on Jets and said, I'm retiring. No, I'm coming back. And guess what? The whole time Aaron Rodgers didn't get on the field until Brett Favre went to the Jets and Minnesota. So my point is, Mayfield could have been sitting for not one not two, but three years. Oh, and I'll throw one more in Steve Young. I read his book. I always refer to that. Steve Ooh. Young who went to the LA express came into the league and sat behind Joe Montana and wouldn't cash. True story His paychecks left them in a drawer in a house that he was living in with a friend and wouldn't cash in the checks because he didn't feel that he should get paid. If he wasn't playing, let's put those guys all All Hall of Famers, because Aaron Rodgers will get in, eventually into perspective when we trash Baker Mayfield
1: for going through a six-game slump, please. Well, I will tell you this, though. Here's the problem. Baker, the the, the organizations that drafted those guys or ended up Mm -hmm. with those guys had their shit together. Cleveland's never had it together since they became a franchise again in 1999-2000. And it's that's the problem with Baker Mayfield. He can't get out of there. If he was the quarterback of the, if he was the backup at Pittsburgh, and Big Ben had gone down, how much more uh, rosy of a future might he have if he had been drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers? And the list goes on. If he had been drafted by different teams and sat behind guys, even if he was in Chicago, and he was and he was drafted by the Bears, and then he came in as Mitchell Trubisky got hurt. How much better would the Bears be? And, and it's, it's amazing, too, when you take a look at some of the situations, and we can get to this later. How, Cam, if Cam Newton was on the Broncos or the Bears, they'd be undefeated. Also, if, if Baker Mayfield was on the Broncos or the Bears, how much better would they be? The team that drafts you can either uh, be be a bright light in your future or just blow out that candle. And that's what happens when you're, when you're with the Cleveland Browns. Here's what Andy Cohen says, the three things that fascinate
0: him the most on Bravo. I only know that because I walk by the TV when my wife is watching it. The AFC South fascinates Mm. me. Uh, Houston Houston Texans just won in London. Uh, The week before before they beat the Raiders, when Deshaun Watson was kicked in the face, literally Mm. kicked in the face, fixed his face mask and threw a game-winning touchdown. The Colts are five and three without Andrew Luck. The Jaguars... Have n't had Nick Foles all season. Doug Marone just named him the starter. And the Tennessee Titans are only one game under 500, and they threw Marcus Mariota to the bench. Mm-hmm. That AFC South, I think the Texans, Tom, are going to end up winning it. They're three and one at home, three and two on the road. They've won two in a row. They're the only team. They have a plus 47 differential in scoring. I love Deshaun Watson. From watching oh, this too. kid play, he's incredible. Oh, okay. And I don't think his team's great because he no longer has J.J. Watt, Torres Peck, and Jadavion Clowney was traded. Can you imagine if he had those two ferocious men
1: at 100% playing like pro bowlers, how good the Texans would be? They're used to being without Watt, as much of a darling in the media as he is. J.J. Watt being hurt is called Tuesday morning. Uh-huh. in the nfl <laughs> but uh really but they had J. davey and Clowney, which they should have kept him because when they you know when they have these board meetings and they sit around in their sweats and they decide who they're going to trade and with the guys and the ties and who they're not going to trade somebody should have said what's hurt all the time keep clowny nobody said that uh they probably did but that so they're screwed in, in that way but they also they must be a well-coached team because they win that division sometimes without a quarterback. And now they have one. And mm-hmm. the Colts have a quarterback too. Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback. Uh, we were just distracted the entire time by Andrew Luck. And he's a guy that was lucky enough to sit behind a great quarterback and watch. And he's a very good quarterback. So Houston, Indianapolis, one of those two teams. I just think that Houston's too good. And it almost like Russell Wilson syndrome, no matter how good or bad, uh, your offense or defense is if you got Deshaun Watson at quarterback or Russell Wilson, you're going to win your division or you're going to be in the playoffs if it's the very least. I want to throw a plug to our friend,
0: Dr. David Chow at pro football docs. Yes. The night that Patrick Mahomes got hurt, he was on the radio with me and he was on the radio instantly with me. And he said that the type of injury that he had dislocated kneecap, he could have surgery and be done for the year. Okay. You have surgery. You're done for mm-hmm. the year. or They could put a brace on it after four weeks, probably three to five, six weeks. He nailed it as a lot of people believe that, oh, he's going to play next week. Wow, he was there warming up at practice. He could play. No, he wasn't going to play. He hasn't played because it's an injury that's significant to a thoroughbred racehorse that could win the Kentucky Derby three years in a row, and they didn't rush him back. So Kansas City still on top of the AFC West.
1: Can I mention mention that Kansas City Chief? Minnesota Viking game with Kirk Cousins, the Bum mm. Slayer. Uh, one reason why you absolutely knew the Chiefs would win that game is because he can't beat good teams, and <laughs> he can't, he cannot. I think he's won one game against good teams since he's been with the Minnesota Vikings. And I texted a friend of mine who's a Vikings fan, and I said it's going to be really embarrassing because on Monday mornings there's going to be students. Uh, up near Magic Mountain, which is a, a, an amusement park in, in, in Southern California where Matt Moore was teaching a few weeks ago, there are going to be <laughs> students texting each other say, did you see Mr. Moore? Mr. Moore and the Chiefs beat the Minnesota Vikings. That's really embarrassing if you're Kirk Cousins and you're the Minnesota Vikings and you have that big contract. When Kirk Cousins can't go into Kansas City when they're missing Patrick Mahomes, And Kirk Cousin can't beat Mr. Moore and the Kansas City Chiefs. That was pretty bad. You're going to make me defend Kirk Cousins
0: and Baker Mayfield in the first 15 yeah. minutes of this podcast. That will
1: be the death of you on Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> uh,
0: let's move over to the NFC. Let's move to the NFC, the Black Cat okay. game. I, I want to get this out because you know how I, was, how I always say in radio, I don't want to die on that hill for someone, or I don't want to die on the hill for a topic. Right. Well, I'm, I'm ready to go run up the hill and die for this one topic, and I, okay. I really mean this. Manning loves it. if Eli Manning played in the Dallas game or at new England earlier in the year, the giants might've won both the games and they definitely would have won one out of the two. And here's why. If there's two things that Eli knows better than anybody, including his brother, Peyton, who's going to the hall of fame is that Eli knows Belichick's game plan better than anyone. And he knows the Cowboys better than anyone as he opened up Jerry's world with the win and have beaten the Cowboys before. But The Giants have an experiment with a guy they call Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, and it's a nice experiment because I'm arguing this with my dad. He'll throw a great touchdown. He'll run, which Eli couldn't do. My point is, when the Giants were playing well in the first half against Dallas and well against New England on the road, Eli would have been better to finish those games and win those games. So this giant experiment means that the Cowboys get two free wins on their way to 10, as they're playing the Giants, because the Giants are experimenting with what should be a backup quarterback.
1: Well, Cats have nine lives, and so do you, because you die on hills for quarterbacks all the time. <laughs> I do. Uh, Eli Manning, Baker Mayfield, Tim Tebow, Kirk Cousins. Anybody else you want to die on a hill for tonight? <laughs> no, Baker no, no. Mayfield. Yeah. Anybody else today?
0: No, no, not Mitchell Trubisky. We'll get to that No, I will not. I will not die on a Chicago hill in Lincoln, Illinois, where oh, my, my wife was born from Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> the Eagles Man. are on a run. The Eagles are on a run. They've won two in a row. Uh, they're three and one at home. The Eagles, I think, they got off to a slow start. Carson Wentz is coming into his own. They're running it well. They're they're just really good. They remind me of the Vikings, and I'll I'll mention Kirk Cousins again. The, the Vikings are good. They can run it. They're unbelievable on defense. They do everything right except having a champion quarterback in Cousins. The Eagles have a better quarterback, and they're like the Vikings. They play defense. They run it well. Uh, you haven't heard the end of the Eagles, Tom Looney. That those two wins in a row got them back on track for a playoff hunt for the wild card.
1: Well, here's the bad news, though, in terms of Carson Wentz. The guys with a better quarterback rating are guys like and Jacoby Brissett and Matt Ryan and Case Keenum and Mason Rudolph. Phillip Rivers, the interception machine, all have a much higher quarterback rating than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a media darling. And so people. people a lot of guys keep pulling for Carson Wentz in the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles cuz they want to be right cuz they picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl or deep into the playoffs and the Eagles are lucky to get a win week in and week out.
0: Yeah, I want to stay and move to the Packers and I Ooh, cannot sure. believe this. <laughs> Who are they? The Packers destroyed the Raiders in Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers combined for six touchdowns. He's amazing. Five five throwing one running. And then Aaron Rodgers went into a little quaint soccer stadium in Carson, California and had 50 total yards of offense in the first half. It's 50,000
1: Green Bay Packers. I'm sorry, this doesn't fit that many. With 32,000 Green Bay Packer fans cheering him on, that place was packed with Packer fans. So it was the perfect example
0: of what we call the Vegas flu. That's when hockey teams come into Vegas, so you come to Vegas and you party for a couple of nights. There was no doubt about it that the Packers weren't ready to play that game. After the game, there was a good soundbite of Rodgers saying, this is a great a case of humble pie for us. And that was a no-show. And what that did was not only cost the Packers a game, uh, now now they're seven and two, but I think it cost Aaron Rodgers the MVP. And here's why. The media loves Aaron Rodgers. He's on State Farm commercials every commercial break. And he was making a run after that Raider game with six touchdowns, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, to the MVP. And Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, have both extended that lead. So I was shocked. You live in Southern California. I give it up for the Chargers in that game. But what the hell happened to the Packers?
1: Incredible. And I had texted a friend of mine who was at that game. And I said, well, I said, this is a place for Aaron Rodgers to come back in the fourth quarter and just win this game. This is exactly the type of games the Chargers lose and break the hearts of their uh, six fans all the time. And he said, no, not today. They're awful. I'm watching. I'm in the sixth row. They are awful on offense, defense, and special teams. It was just one of those fluky weeks, I think, for the Green Bay Packers. And it's so strange, too, because as I mentioned, that stadium was packed in Southern California with with Packer fans. And uh, I just – but the Green Bay Packers with that NFC North – uh, in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins can't beat good teams, like I said. So, they're, they're going to be a fun team. They're going to be unique. It's my, <laughs> they're going to be like Butterbean. They're going to be fun. Or Tim Tebow. They're going to be fun, but they're not going to win anything important. Uh, and then it's the Lions and the Bears. Oh, my. So, Green Bay Packers are going to take the NFC North. I don't know how deep they'll go in the playoffs because uh, there's just too many good teams in the NFC. New Orleans Saints are so much better. Even the Carolina Panthers, I think, would beat the Green Bay Packers at home or on the road with or without the Cam Newton, who isn't going to be there. But you know what I'm saying? The Carolina Panthers, either way, I just don't think the Green Bay Packers, I don't believe in the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are like Dirk Nowitzki over the years and the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of hype, one championship. All those years with the Dallas Mavericks and the media loved Dirk Nowitzki, one championship all these years with the Green Bay Packers, And the media loves Aaron Rodgers, and they've got one championship. And before we move on from talking about this game, we got to talk about the Chargers and that story about the Chargers moving to England. And, you know, you've had, you and I had Vinny Bonsignor on all the time from the Atlantic. At the time, he was the Rams reporter, and people say, Ooh, it was a story planted by the Rams. People are always trying to find Uh somebody on the grassy knoll. But he's not going to just print that story if there isn't something to it. It got shot down all day by jealous reporters who didn't have anything on that story, hadn't heard anything. And a lot of times when a reporter gets a scoop, everyone else just rolls their eyes and says, fake news, made up. Is yeah. even, even, even the Chargers ownership, are we supposed to believe them? So I think it's got to be true. Hey, I always go with the citizens over the big shots. I go with the citizen reporter over the big shot owner with the chargers. How about you? I had
0: Vinny Bonsignor on my Sirius XM show last night. So I'm up to date on this whole story. Vinny Bonsignor from the athletic uh, threw it out that he had a source that said because of the failure of the chargers so far in Los Angeles, that there is talk not guaranteed, not that it's happening, not that it's going to happen this year or next year that an option could be that the NFL would want the Chargers to move to London. It got Dean Spanos, the owner, so triggered that he used profanity in front of a bunch of beat reporters at a press conference, and that is remarkable because NFL owners are more buttoned up than you think mm-hmm. other than Robert Kraft when he unbuttons at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida. But for, for there's something there to this. The problem is Roger Goodell, Dean Dean Spanos flipped out so much Tom, that Roger Goodell had to go on the record and double down on Los Angeles where the charges don't work. I can tell you this. I just got back from London a couple of weeks ago. Again, I've been to London twice in the last five years. It works because it's not London. It's Europe. It's London. And it's a continent that comes over and Americans fly over on vacation. Both times I went to London To watch the NFL, I brought my wife. And this last time, I brought my son, my 16-year-old son. So for the NFL, it's great because it's a working vacation for families that want to see their team play. It ties in an NFL team in the future to Germany, Spain, uh, all through Croatia. You want to go see an NFL game, you can go see it. You can get to London. And for the Chargers, I know this is going to hurt Charger fans. The Chargers wouldn't have worked in Vegas. They're not going to work in London. They only have one brand. It's the Lightning Bolt, the San Diego Chargers. they got to find a way to get back to San Diego. And Vinny told me last night it's not going to happen. There's no strategy to move the Chargers back down to San Diego, which is a shame because if they could get a mulligan on that, I think it'd be great for everybody.
1: It would be great for everybody. And that's their fans love them and their fans are in a a state of limbo right now. Not sure how to feel about them, but if you want to find a fan base that can fill a stadium to love the Chargers there right now, there's only one place. And that would be San Diego. And, you know, a lot of people were arguing that the players association would argue that the player's, wouldn't want to work and and live in Europe. Well, yeah, you better argue that because once they start doing it, they're not going to want to leave Europe. <laughs> my, I, I don't, I don't walk around with very many regrets in life. One of my number ones, and I don't have very many. The list is really small because it's a waste of time. And one of them is that I didn't discover Europe in my twenties. If I had, I wouldn't be here right now. A lot of people would be really happy because I wouldn't be here right now yapping let's move to the nfc west because
0: there's two right. other big topics i want to talk about i don't drink the jimmy g kool-aid how many times have i said Ooh. that i don't pray at the altar of jimmy g well we looked up and the niners are eight yep. no and the niners are eight no they're the only undefeated team in football i can't believe that don shula mercury morris larry zonka are waiting to pop champagne because Jimmy G hasn't lost yet. Uh, They are incredible. Their defense, their running game, uh, they're missing two of their tackles on the offensive line. When they get healthy, they're going to be unbelievable. The Rams are in third place in the West. They've won two in a row. They're five and three. And the Seahawks, Seahawks might be the best team in football. They got the MVP in Russell Wilson. They're seven and two. They made moves at the trade deadline. They just went and got Josh Gordon. Hey, Tom, Pete Carroll, who we both know? He's all in this year. When did, why didn't we get the
1: memo? that the Seahawks are going to do everything and anything to win the Super Bowl this year. I know. And well they try to do that every year. You know, with Pete Carroll, one thing he doesn't get credit for. He might be the best coach in the NFL. When Pete Carroll came, they were just a couple of years from having been in the Super Bowl with Hasselbeck. When Pete Carroll came in and took over for Jim Mora, I think, right? And and Seattle and when he came in there, he he just moved out everybody. They had like 50 new players. You know, they kept the kicker or something. And, uh, and they were instantly mix and stir great. He was a guy that rolled the dice on Russell Wilson, uh, who was a rookie out of Wisconsin. And they, they've been incredible. And he's, they're a well-coached team, maybe the best coached team in the NFL. If you want to just put Belichick aside, because we're supposed to say that, it's, it's the rule. But there are a couple of other guys in the NFL, and Pete Carroll might be one of them who might be just as good or better, even though the hype doesn't go along with him. Uh, when it comes to being the best coach in the NFL, but at seven and two, Hey, Hey, and you got to look at the new young coaches though. It's San Francisco at eight. No. And, and I didn't see that coming until the Carolina Panther game and they are eight. No, despite Jimmy G Jimmy G mm-hmm. had a great game last week against the worst defense in the NFL, but his, his quarterback rating had been trash until last week. And now it's really skyrocketed because he looked good against a bad team. They've looked good against a lot of bad teams, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah,
0: but let me me tell you a couple of wins that blew me away. And the Arizona game, the Arizona game was the most recent one, but they beat the Rams in L.A., Yep. with with 50 or 40,000 of their fans making that trip. That was yep. big, I and mean, they dominated the Rams. And then they beat the Browns, and I thought the Browns had everything going for them in a must-win situation, and they squashed them like a bug on the windshield. That woke me up, too. I think the schedule gets more difficult. I think it's going to come down to the final two weeks. Uh, with games left against the Rams and the Seahawks, I think they'll lose a few games here. But the fact, it's like a Floyd Mayweather fight, Tom but I've been telling everybody, they're putting so many rounds in the bank. This is just like Floyd. Floyd fights 12 rounds. He wins the first seven, seven nothing, and then he's unbeatable. And then he just jabs the rest of the way because he knows he can't lose. The Niners, if they put nine or 10 wins in the bank here in the next month, they're easily in the playoffs as a division winner or wild card. And I don't think they have a home field advantage in Santa Clara. They'll be just as good on the road. The Niners are for
1: real. Well, they and- are for real in the way that they are a tough football team. They come out and they, uh, they, they're they, they just, I mean, I know that's kind of a generic plateau, but what I mean is that their defense is uh-huh. rough. And their offense, as you said, is even still missing some some good offensive linemen. Even though they've, they've beat a lot of bums, they still can beat anybody in the NFL. Hey, I'm mocking their, you know, a lot of people have had, uh, some some schedules like the, the Patriots. with some, a lot of lame teams on it. You still got to win the games, and uh, they're for real. All right, one other big topic, which is timely, whenever you're downloading the JT
0: and Looney podcast, one thing yeah. that's not going to change in the coming weeks and the coming months is Cam Newton is not going to play football the rest of the year. He's on IR, yeah. and he'll never, ever play again in Carolina. Carolina gets Big relief when they cut him. I think they saved $19 million. Cam Newton deserves a statue. As Looney knows, I'm big on statues. I I think in Carolina, they need more statues. I think (laughs) all the NASCAR drivers have them. Just give one to Cam Newton. Uh, Retire his number. He took the team to the Super Bowl and was an MVP in the league. Now, the question is, where does Cam end up? So yesterday, I went online and I started looking at birthdays. Because I'm fascinated that uh, Tom Brady's 42. Right. Cam Cam is 30. He's 12 years younger or 11 and a half years younger than Tom Brady. He was a much better athlete than Tom Brady ever was. Remember when Tom Brady took off his shirt at the Combine? Yeah, we try not to. Yeah, Cam Newton in junior high school.
1: Was the, was the biggest and strongest guy in the room. Oh, and I always mention this, JT. They replayed Super Bowl One last year. Uh, it was really cool. They found some old footage. They pieced it all together on the NFL network. Cam Newton is bigger than anybody who played in Super Bowl One at any position, any defensive lineman, any offensive lineman, anybody anywhere on the field. At quarterback, he would have been the biggest player in Super Bowl One had he played.
0: So for Cam Newton, where does he end up now? So let's say goodbye to him nicely. The new owner in Carolina doesn't want him anymore. The obvious fit, and there's a few choices that I really dug down and looked at. The obvious fit of the Bears, because the Bears have a Super Bowl defense right now. No debate. When they're healthy, the Bears defense with Khalil Mack, they're ready to go. They can ride a team to the Super Bowl, like the 85 Bears, the Ray Lewis Ravens. Not as good, but in the ballpark there. So they need a quarterback. You shut down Cam for seven months, which means he hasn't played in October, November, December, Ooh. January, February, March, April, good. May, June. You give him a break. He doesn't play. He comes back. He's significantly younger than Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, and he's four and a half to five years younger than Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be turning 36, is going to play another four years. He's easily going to play till he's 40. The question becomes this, Tom. He's been injured so much. He's ran so much, like at a Michael Vick level. The shoulder doesn't look right. Do you think he can come back 100% healthy and not run the 40 that he ran in high school, but be pretty close? You think that could happen?
1: Well, yeah. There's other quarterbacks who have done it over the years, including Randall Cunningham. Remember, he came yeah. back after being retired and making furniture in Las Vegas. He turned his hobby into a the homemaking business and then decided I miss football came back with the Vikings and was a pocket passer and because of their idiot drunk kicker didn't go to the field to the Super Bowl with Randall Cunningham and yeah he could play matter of fact if he had played quarterback for the Chicago Bears this year they'd be 8-0 along with the San Francisco 49ers The Chicago Bears, that's their number one glaring weakness. What Chicago Bears need to do is bring and do what, you know, and this is going to be happening more often. Do what the Baltimore Ravens did. Bring in an offensive coordinator who designs the entire team around Cam Newton's strengths and weaknesses. Teach Cam Newton to hit wide open receivers who are five yards away from him like Lamar Jackson can do, and the Chicago Bears will be 10 times better. All
0: right, quickly as we wrap up our mid-season report on the NFL, uh, I believe a couple of things that we know. There are some god-awful teams. I think the Jets now are worse than the Dolphins. Adam Gaze is getting fired. Uh, he's completely lost the team. Sam Darnold, for all the guys in L.A. that love him because he went to USC, even though they didn't go to USC, that's a, that's a podcast for another day. Uh, Sam Darnold uh, could be. He's in big-time trouble there.
1: There's no such thing as a quarterback. I love USC, and I always did since I was a kid. There's no such thing as a quarterback from USC who goes on to NFL greatness. There's just no such thing.
0: So as we look at this, there's some bad teams. Cincinnati hasn't won a game. Uh, we got quarterbacks that are in trouble. We covered that with Baker Mayfield and some of the other quarterbacks out there. I have the MVP at the midway point of the season, Russell Wilson, because his offensive stats are overwhelmingly better than everyone else. But Lamar Jackson on Sunday night football beat Tom Brady, and he did it with his arm and his legs. And Jimmy Garoppolo's nowhere near an MVP, but they're undefeated. Tom, I think the only guy that can chase down Russell Wilson is Lamar Jackson if he puts up bigger numbers than Michael Vick on the ground this year, and he might be able to do that.
1: He doesn't even have to do it on the ground. He can also do it in the air. He can hit wide-open receivers, Uh, unlike a lot of guys who came into the NFL who could run in college, and they threw the football at college. Tim Tebow was throwing the football brilliantly in college, maybe the greatest college football player ever. He came into the NFL – And then when, when he got tight around the collar, couldn't hit his wide open receivers who were five yards away. And, you know, and and he can hit those Lamar Jackson can hit those check down guys. Every time his unpredictability, he had a few runs against the new England Patriots on Sunday night where it was comical. You think, wait, 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 what happened there? How come that guy didn't tackle him? And he just flies by people. He's the fastest guy in the football field. And while he's young and healthy, We have to enjoy before he becomes a pocket passer because a lot of players over the years, Steve Young, Roger Staubach, I know it's usually an FCC rule to compare black guys to black guys, but this is a podcast, so there's no FCC (laughs) rules. But a lot of running quarterbacks over the years that Lamar Jackson resembles, Roger Staubach, Steve Young, and others, they eventually became pocket passers who knew when to run. And this could happen with Cam Newton, too, if you forgot this, JT, if Cam Newton goes to Denver. And plays for the Broncos. And another running quarterback who happens to run that team as a president of the Broncos, John Elway, says, Wow, you remind me of me. Come on and play in Denver. That happens all the time when players uh, become general managers and presidents of teams, JT. Their egos, Ooh, he reminds me of the great myself. Bring him in. So don't discount Cam Newton going to the Denver Broncos. Because also you know he's seasoned. That's what that's what John Elway likes. But back to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think that he really he could be the if he continues to play the way that he is, the number one sports hero in the history of Baltimore. All the Johnny Unitas fans are mostly in their 80s or 90s, and he will. It's and it's a black city. He will be the biggest sports hero in the history of Baltimore if he continues to play the way he is.
0: All right, real quickly, because we're going to get to a movie review or a few of them coming up here. Everybody cool. on the JT and Looney podcast love Looney's movie reviews. Uh, I want to go just with the quarterbacks that have a rating over 100. Okay? okay. so Follow oh, me well, here. I love, I love at, this. At 100 is Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, nothing. He's undefeated. Yep. Uh, Dak Prescott, 102. All he does is win games. Aaron Rodgers is 104. Mm-hmm. Derek in car one Oh five. I'll throw this out because he leads the NFL in completion percentage. Carr is having a bounce back year. Hey, what's more important than that statistic. <laughs> good one. Uh, Matthew Stafford, who's a really good quarterback on a bad team. We're going to talk about a bad organization. Where would Matthew Stafford be? If he didn't get drafted by Detroit, he's at one Oh six. And then oh, wow. here we go. Here we go. At number four. Deshaun Watson at 107.1. I left him out of the MVP race. He's in the MVP race. He's probably ahead of Aaron Rodgers because of this stat. At number three, blowing away uh, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, 112. So, again, can't win the big one. Supremely accurate. Can
1: do it all. Just can't beat anybody who's good. Right, yes, Kirk Cousins. That's what you would call in statistics class, the throwout statistic. We just take that one and we put it in the garbage.
0: And the guy who can't count anymore because he missed too many games. You know my rule, if you miss in the NFL, three games or in the NBA, 20, you're out of any trophy. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes at 113 and the number one rated quarterback by a long shot. 118.2 118.2 is Russell Wilson. Check this out, everybody. 22 touchdowns, one interception. One.
1: Is that unbelievable? Yeah, it is unbelievable. And he's gotten better exponentially every single year. You know, I, I obsess on the quarterback rating, especially when a guy comes in and can move around like Russell Wilson, who probably over the years resembles more than any other quarterback. His style, because a guy, another guy who wasn't large in stature, Uh, Fran Tarkington, the way he can get out and he he'll all of a sudden duck to the left when you think he's going to the right or duck to the right when you think he's going to the left, which is what Baker Mayfield needs to do. Russell Wilson has gotten better every single year and it continues here now. This is incredible. Every year he gets better. And this is definitely an MVP season. I think it's I think he's got it locked up because he's also a media darling.
0: Yeah, so that's what we have. Now I'm dying because I've been busy. You've been busy. But you've been seeing movies, and I haven't seen anything since Downton. Downton Abbey, uh, which I'm not going to review on this podcast because podcasts live forever. But I didn't like right. it. I loved it. It was like I was sitting with my friends uh, downstairs in London in the servants' room, and we were all just great friends <laughs> sipping tea. I loved it. Uh, let's get to some of your movie reviews because I know you've been busy as of late. Oh,
1: yes. And I'll just, you know, I'm giving some uh, quick bullet points on some outstanding films I've seen and some that people may not have heard of. Or, you know, because they're not blockbuster hits with car chases and explosions. Peanut Butter Falcon was one of my favorites. It's a WWE-obsessed little boy with Down syndrome. Well, he's probably 12 or 13. Runs away from a residential nursing home to pursue his dream of becoming a pro wrestler. And he befriends an outlaw who becomes his coach an ally it takes place in Louisiana. So there's some great, you know, the, the settings are incredible because Louisiana looks so much different from the other 49 States in this country, as you know, cause you're a big new Orleans guy mm-hmm. and you've done the tours out in the bayou with yes. the alligators. Oh my God. So it's got some great settings, outstanding acting. Of course, you're going to fall in love. Uh, my mother always called children with down syndrome, living angels, get to know them because they're the only living angels on earth but it'd be a beautiful thing that my mother said to reduce any prejudice that someone might have. I always wanted to reach out and get to know anybody with down syndrome uh, because of what my mother said. And it's just a darling, excellent movie. Uh, We talked about the Joker, I think in our last podcast, episode 22, seventies, New York, Gotham, the set designs in the movie, the lighting, the story, kind of a great anti-bullying message, but Ah, uh, not in a politically correct political weenie type of way. <laughs> Nothing about this movie is politically correct. Uh, sometimes bad guys are born, and sometimes they're created. Be kind to each other. We will create a better society, and we will avoid uh, creating these jokers. Uh, I really enjoyed *Ad Astra*. Incredible movie. It's the really uh, the, the the Brad yeah, Pitt the, movie. The Brad Pitt film with where he's the astronaut right i would normally never have gone to it but our friends our friend uh jackson murphy from lights camera jackson said it would be a great movie for anybody who feels alone in the world or anybody with dad baggage as you know my dad died really young and uh we have you know that that's almost half the country a lot of people with dad baggage where dad lives down the street and is divorced from mom so add astro incredible film for anybody who has those two issues and it's a really good movie and i just saw motherless Brooklyn. Ooh. Sunday night, young guy with Tourette syndrome tries to solve the murder of his friend, and it's either the 50s or the 60s, so the set design in Brooklyn is incredible the acting with Edward Norton who's always good and so and an all-star cast with Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin plays an asshole politician now Alec Baldwin always plays assholes JT and he always plays them really well I wonder why that is <laughs> <laughs> maybe because he's not acting but nevertheless 1950s Brooklyn the story can be confusing but it doesn't matter you know it's good guys versus bad guys and probably an academy award nomination for Edward Norton, because they seem to love to nominate guys who, who you know this might come off wrong, but guys who anytime play a handicapped person always seem to get a nomination, and he probably will. He's t- plus on top of that, he's just terrific. So those would be the four yeah, movies I, I recommend over the holidays if you haven't seen them: Peanut Butter Falcon, Joker, Ad Astra, and Motherless Brooklyn. Wow,
0: I mean that's incredible that you've seen these type of movies again. You saw Joker, right?
1: Oh, I loved Joker. And it wouldn't be a movie I would normally go see. I'm not the I am you know, not the comic book guy. So I don't go to comic book movies. But everybody I knew who like you know, even even my friends who like foo foo independent films who saw Joker said, Go, go, go. So I went. It was great.
0: Thanks for listening to the JT and Looney podcast. As always, share it, retweet it, put it up on your Facebook page. Hey, we have loyal, loyal listeners. Some are our good friends. This is only going to work if people download the podcast, rate them, and say that they like them and want more. We'll be back next week with a new edition of the JT & Looney podcast. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da, da because da, 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 da. I get high. Cause I get high.